0: from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN.
1: Not Bob Black yet. Soon, hopefully next segment, Matt Joseph's here filling in for Bob. Uh, As he is on his way, and um, so we, uh, I'm stepping in for an extra 15 minutes, although I am billing the radio station for a full hour, so that's uh, certainly up ahead. Uh, Yes, we flip things over from border to border to the uh, to the sports huddle, and um, I've got to bring this up right off the bat. I always laugh because the sports center update at the top of the hour, they were talking about they, and I had just finished my show talking about this they're like 18 serious uh penalties for for tennessee and one of them is oh they get wins taken away and i just uh, it, it makes me laugh that people there is not a single person in this country that said that hears wins vacated and sits here and says you know that's a really harsh penalty you really i mean listen if you want to take scholarships away and you want to do all this other stuff that's good enough but don't you dare take wins away like I just I find that very funny. But that's what the guy did at the top of the hour. He's like serious violations, serious punishments, wins taken away. Which one of those things doesn't belong? But yes, the NCAA handed down a bunch of things for Tennessee, but the one thing you did not hear was the bowl ban because they didn't get a bowl ban. Because Tennessee apparently had accrued enough positivity that they're like, well, you know, you did have 200 violations. You did pay players, but you're Tennessee and the SEC rules over us. And I'm sure that Greg Sankey has some sort of thing on the NCAA that if we would have given you a bowl ban, Greg Sankey would have unveiled it and we would have been in trouble. So, okay, 200 violations. We'll just give you a slap on the wrist. Although $8 million does sound like a lot. The NCAA did say that the 8 million dollar fine was equivalent to the financial impact the school would have faced if it missed the postseason during the 2023 and 2024 seasons it is believed to be the largest ever levied in an infractions case. I and listen if you're going to take away their money I, I it's just whatever. I you know I don't expect the NCAA to ever do anything right. You know, the NIL stuff, they sit there and they're like, well, we gave you the NIL, but then you didn't regulate it. And then they're like, well, you know, we got all this good stuff. Hey, GMU was a fun story last year. They deserve to make a bowl game in postseason this year. No, we're not doing that either. Oh, you know what? Tennessee, 200 violations. Let's give a bowl bid. Nah, you know, we should let them play in the bowl games because it's Tennessee and a lot of Tennessee fans will travel to whatever bowl game it is. That's very frustrating. Ah three two seven zero eight 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 phone number text line. Bob will be joining you uh, shortly. And um, in true Bob fashion, I will start out with some baseball here because I touched on it on my show. Bob would be very surprised about that. Um, we are approaching the uh, major league baseball trade deadline, which is probably the best trade deadline of them all. Um, the NHL doesn't really have one, it feels like. I mean, they do. The NFL, nothing really happens for the most part. And the NBA is, you know, usually not great. There's occasionally a bombshell. But, the, you know, with the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline, you just heard it. The Padres may trade Juan Soto, among other pieces. That the Padres... Who was a team everybody thought was going to win? Like it's almost like the, uh, the the Brooklyn Nets when they got their big three. The uh, when the Padres added Xander Bogarts to Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and all the other talent that's already there. People were like, "Ah, yeah, the Padres are going to challenge the Dodgers in the NL West," and they never did. So now, depending upon how they go the next couple weeks, because the deadline's not for a couple weeks still. They might be shopping people, and there's a lot of people to be shopped potentially on the San Diego roster. They begin a series in uh, Philadelphia tonight, and they've got a random scheduled doubleheader tomorrow, which is really odd, but they've got a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, the the other story that's involved is what should the Angels do with Shohei Otani, and what— um, should they? What should the teams do when they come to trading for Shohei Ohtani? Buster Olney today uh, basically said the Yankees were a team that's interested. The Rangers, the Rays, maybe a small handful of other teams, but there's no doubt. Talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees as potentially being the most motivated. That makes sense. The Yankees are kind of a disappointment. Um, they're kind of a disappointment right now. Look at all the guys that they added. You know, Garrett Cole has been good. He started the All-Star game. Giancarlo Stanton has never lived up to what they thought he was going to be. And Aaron Judge, who knows how long he's going to be out. it's the New York Yankees. Not being good is not acceptable for Yankees fans or the Yankees organization. So, yes, of course. The problem is the Yankees don't have a lot of prospects. And Bleacher Report did fake trade packages, and they included both Anthony Volpe and uh, the Dominguez kid, who is what Yankees fans have been dying for, and then another prospect named Spencer Jones. But that's it. Like, that's you just basically took the Yankees minor league system. So, um, you know, do you want to, to? If I'm the Angels, I'm keeping him as long as possible. Because, let's be honest, no one's going to go to Angels games if Otani's traded and Trout's hurt. Because Trout's hurt. He's out till August. He broke his hammate bone. No one's going to go to Angels games if neither of those two guys are there and they're not going in the playoff hunt. Which they're probably not. We talked about it last hour. They've got some work to do. They're five games out in the wild card. They're seven games out in the division. And there are three teams ahead of them. To even qualify for the wild card, and the, the Minnesota Twins are tied with them. So basically, if you're the Angels, you've got to basically win a lot coming up. They're home tonight. They start a series with the Astros. Otani is pitching. That means Angel Stadium will be rocking tonight. People will be excited. Um, then the rest of the series, who knows? They have the Astros for three, the Yankees for three, the Pirates for three. So there's a nine-game homestand. Let's say this. If they go, like, 7-2, and 8-1, and one, all right, maybe you're in the mix. You're not going to trade Ohtani. Then they've got three in Detroit and three in Toronto before they play the Braves on the 31st in Atlanta. Um, and then they, you know, would continue that series. You'll hear those games here on 106.1 ESPN. Um... Those are the games before they'd have to decide what they want to do with Otani. Schedule's not bad, but they have to start winning, and they are one in nine in their last ten. It all depends on. I'll be interested to hear what Bob says when he comes on. Would you trade for Otani if you're a team that you know are basically going to have him for half a season, but you could guarantee yourself pretty much the playoffs and or the World Series? And if you're the Angels, would you trade him and basically realize that you're going to be irrelevant the rest of the season? Irrelevant. No one will go to your games. No one will care. You will fall into anonymity with the rest of the bad teams towards the bottom of the standings. Because, you know, if you're out, Trout might not come back. Who knows? You won't become Oakland or Kansas City, but you will certainly be down there. And so it's a life-changing decision. If you're the Angels, because you can certainly replenish your system. These Bleacher Report trades have three to four top prospects in every organization coming to the Angels. Um, The Rays would give them three of the best prospects in baseball. The uh, Giants would give them Kyle Harrison among three prospects. And um, the Dodgers would give up five prospects, including three of the top 100. So that's a that's a lot. But you you if you're already Moreno, you've got to say do I want to be irrelevant? So um we'll see what happens. And uh the man himself is is uh, joining us now. So I'll be interested to hear what Bob has to say. Bob, what's going on?
2: Matt, thank you first of all. Thanks for filling in. I uh, pushed the envelope a little bit too far, tried to schedule A mid to late Friday afternoon appointment and gave myself about an hour and 15 minutes. And guess I should have given myself about an hour and 30 minutes, huh? So I do appreciate you filling in there. Pinch hitting for the first 15 minutes or so.
1: It's all right, Bob. I'm billing the station for the full hour. It's fine. You can and, and look, you can build them all you want. We both know
2: what's going to happen there, so I'll promise you a free lunch. How about that? Will that help?
1: There you go. There you go. I, I always look forward to your lunches, <laughs>
2: and I'll also say I thoroughly enjoyed your baseball conversation as I was driving to the uh, to the home studio. So uh, Juan Soto could just stay in Philly if he wanted. You did see the story that the Phillies offered him a seat on their plane. Back from Seattle in the All Star game because they had they had so many because not only the two players, Castellanos and Kimbrell, but the whole coaching staff. So they offered him a seat on the plane to Philly where they played tonight. So if if they're being that nice to him, why not put him in, in red pinstripes?
1: Yeah. Beat him tonight, beat him during yeah. this four game series and give and then have Juan Soto stay. That's all. Yeah.
2: Exactly. I think it works out perfectly. They're already being very hospitable to him, right? So that's it's pretty good. All right. Uh, Why don't you get your weekend started? I know your vacation is is coming up, but before it does, you will be around Monday for Mashup Monday, right? You wouldn't dare miss that. That
1: I would. And I'll tell you it's because of Mashup Monday and not because of my kickball game that's also on Monday night. I'll tell you that, Bob. Mashup Monday is why I'm staying.
2: Well, the combination of the two is pretty good. If you're staying for both of those reasons, you're a very good man, Matt Joseph. A very good man.
1: I will certainly take that compliment and uh, let you have your show back. All right. There you go. Thank you, Matt. Enjoy the weekend.
2: I'll talk to you at 4 o'clock. I promise it'll be at 4 o'clock on Monday, not uh, 12 minutes after 4. So I appreciate Matt doing that. And again, sometimes life gets in the way, right? You scheduled appointment. Ah, I got enough time. Hour and 15 minutes. I'll get through that. Nope. I need it more than that. So hour and a half and Here we go. All right, AJ, great job. Also, you've been juggling a lot of balls in the air there this afternoon. So let's see if we can push the right button here and get the rest of the sports out of going. Is it Red Cross? Dot .org. All right, look, if you've been listening the last few days, you know that we should not really be broadcasting from either in the studio or the home studio this afternoon. We should be out on location. Again, we were set today to be out at Glover Park at the National Quadball, actually the International Quadball. Championships. We we're going to learn all about quad ball. We're still going to learn all about quad ball, but we were actually going to get to see some of it in action today. Thanks to our friends at Richmond region tourism. They'd set up another one. They've got another great and unique athletic event in the river city, in the capital city, in the RVA, the quad ball world cup brought to you by Richmond region tourism. However, in this case, not really does life get in the way, but weather kind of gets in the way and we are expecting um at least west of the city this afternoon pretty good potential pretty good threat for thunderstorms thunder lightning heavy rain that sort of thing um so the decision was made let's be safe let's not be sorry we won't do the live remote unfortunately uh from out there at glover park and the quad ball world cup championships but we are still going to bring it to you and we're going to talk about it this afternoon, and we've got a couple of guests coming up. It's a fascinating sport. I was looking at it and reading about it this afternoon, and truly, this is the world championship. There are uh, 14 countries, 15 plus the United States, coming to Glover Park for this championship. It's the first time the United States has ever hosted it, so it really is a big deal. Uh, Richmond Region Tourism, it seems like every time we get an event, We use that phrase. It really is a big deal. The karate that we talked about we were there on Wednesday, the quad ball today. We've had the fishing tournament before. It really is amazing what Richmond Region Tourism has been able to bring to our fair city. So, okay. So, coming up this afternoon, we're going to learn about uh, quad ball and the quad ball World Cup that will be at Glover Park this weekend. And we've got a couple of the athletes who, even though we're not out there on location, um, they're still going to join us this afternoon. Uh, at 4:30, Mary Kimball will join us. She is actually the executive director of U.S. Quadball, and then at. Um At 5.30, we will have a second guest, and on that one, we will have one of the athletes uh, be with us today. So that's coming up on the program here this afternoon. Also, I kind of started this series last week uh, introducing you, our audience, uh, to the new transfer members of Richmond Spider Basketball. There's been a lot made over the summer, and rightfully so, about what teams like UVA have done, certainly what VCU has done with a new head coach, obviously, and all that but the spiders have been very active in that transfer portal and transfer market as well um so Last week we had Jordan King uh, on, the transfer from East Tennessee State, and today coming up right after five o'clock, uh Delani Hunt, the transfer from Wagner, will be our guest right after the Sports Center update at five o'clock. Delani Hunt will join us. So if you're a spider fan, you want to be tuned in for that, tell all your spider friends. Perhaps they'll be on their way home, finishing up their work week, uh, to tune in and they can start to hear and learn a little bit about another of the spider transfer. So Delani Hunt coming up right after the Sports Center. Update update at uh, 5 o'clock. All right, so there you go. So we got an action-packed show. We're underway. I'm trying to catch up, obviously. Again, thanks to Matt Josephs. And, A.J., thank you as well for getting the show kick-started this afternoon. And we will roll right along. Let's get our first break in here at about 4.16. Come back on the other side. Always love hearing from you as well. 804-327-0888. We are winding down the week, but we're not quite there yet. We got another hour and 45 to go on the Sports Huddle. Stick around with us. Lock it in to
0: 1061. ESPN go Braves! the Braves are back from the all-star break and all eyes are on the postseason. season how far can they go listen and find out with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves
3: 1061 ESPN Football is a sport that new aspects from rugby basketball and dodgeball to create a fast-paced mixed-gender game that features seven players per side Okay, so quad ball is played on a grass or turf field with three hoops of varying heights on each team's half. There's four balls in quad ball, one quaffle and three bludgers, and the players run with brooms between their legs and must complete all the play while on broom. If a player comes off broom at any point, they have to tag the center hoop on their team's half before resuming play. Alright, so there's a lot of different positions. The first two are chasers and keepers, known together as quaffle players. They use the quaffle, a slightly deflated volleyball, to try to score through their opponent's hoops. There are three chasers per team, and they wear a white headband, and there's one keeper per team, and they wear a green headband. The keeper is only different and they can't be interfered with in their team's keeper zone, which is an area around the hoops when they possess the quaffle. On offense, all four players move the quaffle by running and passing and shooting to attempt to score. A good goal can be scored from either side of the hoop, and it's worth 10 points. On defense, Players can tackle each other, and we're talking full contact to prevent the other team from scoring.
4: Bob, did you hear that? (laughs) I
2: did. I was literally riveted to every second of that description of what quad ball is.
4: Okay, look, look, look. Full disclosure, sometimes we have to sell things on this station, and we (laughs) like everything, you know, to a certain extent. Some were a little more exaggerating. I... I think this is going to bring about world peace this sport <laughs> I, I am so psyched I want to play this game so bad I'm I'm super jacked for it
2: well, I think you should do the interviews then not that I'm not I don't think I want to play it it's it's past my time it's way too contact and physical for me but it's really cool and you 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 know obviously what this is dreaming up this where this comes from you know what all this is about right this is this is quidditch right. In, in on steroids, I guess because it's basketball, rugby, and dodgeball. This is like Harry Potter extraordinaire, it isn't is it?
4: All my favorite things rolled up into what? <laughs> and in a time when all my my competitive contact sports are being corrupted, and all of my other sports defenses being robbed from the game, there's quadball. I am so <laughs> jacked for
2: this sport. I I I never watched Harry Potter. I must admit. I know that probably shocks the heck out of you, but I never watched Harry Potter. But my daughter was Sarah. Was she read every book like five times and saw every movie five times? She she would be perfect to do these interviews this afternoon because this will be right out of Harry Potter and Middlebury College and 2005 and all of that, you know. Uh, they're the ones that invented it this this college middlebury college 2005 adapted the rules from quidditch adapted it from from harry potter i'm reading right off of the quad ball release here it's it's really pretty cool and and in real life aj here's here's the the, you know i don't want to lose sight of this fact we're kidding around a little bit about this i'm not we both think it's a really cool sport i know you're not kidding you really do want to play I want I want to go video when you play. Actually, I want that broom between your legs. I want to see you running, and I want to see you get blindsided by somebody.
4: Oh, bring it, bring it! <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. If you want to know what me playing this sport would look like, just look at Ray Lewis Raven highlights. That's that's going to be me down yeah, to the you don't get the shoulder pads and the helmet in this sport, do you? Yo, you're talking, to, I I never cared about that. The, the pads got in the way. I, you've seen my shoulders. I Let's I have. go. I I,
2: I I want you with me in a dark alley, and I don't want to be on the other side of the line of scrimmage from you. How about that?
4: I always, I was number 40 uh, playing football, and I always looked like Mike Allstott. The the shoulder pads just made me look like uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. It was a, kind of embarrassing, but...
2: I. I I think this I think you're onto something. This could be you. You need to go out to Glover Park this weekend. I'm the in. Act, yeah. The actions tomorrow and uh and Sunday. And I said as I said, a total of fifteen teams are competing. I mean, worldwide. You know, in addition to us, there's Canada, Mexico, France, Germany, Australia, Brazil, Norway, England, and then we've got three teams, three countries making their debut in the Quad Ball World Cup India, Japan, and the African Nations team. So, I mean, this is this is good job. Richmond Region Tourism. Sorry to get a chance to cross paths with my good friend Danny Boniface today. He set this whole thing up and kind of made the call and saw the forecast, and I agree with him on that for sure. Last thing we need to do is get drenched out at Glover Park and have thunder and lightning all around us as well. But we are going to have our two guests coming up here, the first one in just a couple of moments. But uh, it was fascinating to hear the soundbite that you ran and it was fascinating for me to watch it and also read their release and the big deal that it really is here in the united states and in richmond first time the united states has ever hosted this world cup look here are the other uh, cities and countries that have hosted this event so I, i'm not embellishing this at all let me see if i can do this in chronological order in 2012 it was Oxford, England. That makes a lot of sense, considering the derivation of this sport. 2014, Burnaby, Canada. 2016, Frankfurt, Germany. 2018, Florence, Italy. And I believe I read quickly that the United States was actually, and Richmond was supposed to host it in 2020. And then, of course, the pandemic changed all of that. And they have finally gotten around to it. And here we are, uh, which is it's, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I really wish we'd been out there today. Uh, the weather had other ideas because uh, I think it's a really cool event. I guess today would have been like a practice and setup day, very similar to Wednesday with the karate down at the Greater Richmond Convention Center, but it would have been cool to kind of get a first hand look and experience at that. Instead of that, uh, we're going to hear all about it. Come back after the break. Mary Kimball is the executive director of U.S. Quadball, and as we said, U.S. is the defending champs and hosting it for the first time, so she's got to be really really excited uh we'll pick her brain a little bit on quad ball and the quad ball world cup championships at glover park presented by richmond region tourism coming to our fair town tomorrow and sunday mary comes to 1061 espn right after the break when the sports title continues
0: this week on sunday night baseball it's a showdown in the american league west Johei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels go head to head with Jose Abreu and the Houston Astros. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app. Pearson.
2: with you Sport huddle 1061 espn here in richmond in the capital city in the river city as we like to refer to it and this weekend it is the capital of quadball. the quadball world cup championships coming to glover park we've been talking about it the last segment uh aj our producer found that really nice sound bite off of youtube that kind of explained the game to us a little bit um we mentioned all of the countries that are participating and a little bit of the background of it but now let's get it from the expert uh we were supposed to be out at glover park today and we were supposed to have guests out there and the weather really didn't cooperate we do have some storms threatening in the area so we were safe rather than sorry but we still wanted to bring all this information and entertainment to you and hopefully the weather will be good saturday and sunday and you can get out there and experience and see this for yourself because it really is fascinating from everything that I have kind of cobbled together in the last few hours in preparation to talk to our guests. The first of whom is Mary Kimball, executive director of USA Quadball. She joins us on the Sports Out. Hello, Mary. How are you?
5: i'm good how are
2: you doing great and really fascinated and really excited about this and our friends at richmond region tourism have done another great job of bringing a premier event to our city and a world championship and the first time it's ever been hosted in the united states all of which i think is really cool but i need to backpedal a little bit we've kind of described or tried to describe the sport to our audience. But I need an expert to do that. Um, Kind of in the thumbnail version, kind of give us kind of the, the background, the description of the sport of quad ball.
5: Yeah, so it contains elements of many different sports. I'd say it's like a mix between basketball and rugby while they're playing dodgeball and then about 20 minutes in there's a small game of flag football or capture the flag
2: <laughs> wow awesome and that, and okay my producer's ready to play i think he told you that when he connected you to get to get on the air so so uh, give us a little bit more about what a what a team looks like on the on the field and how they go about actually winning
5: Yeah, so probably the most distinctive feature about quad ball is the broom. Um, It's essentially a plastic stick, about three feet long. Um, Some have grip tape, some don't, and that has to stay between your legs at all times. That's going to be the first thing that stands out. The second thing is that it's a full contact mixed gender sport, so there's players of all genders on each team um, there's no men or women's quad ball or anything like that. We're a really inclusive LGBTQA plus friendly sport. Um, and the next thing is the number of players on the field. So there's um, typically a max of 21 people on an event roster, but on the field at one time it's going to be six players per team. And so you get to um, the midway point-ish of the game when the flag runner comes out. Used to be called the Snitch Runner or Flag Runner, and then a seventh player, the Seeker, is added, who's trying to catch the Snitch. So um, there is there is a lot going on, but it's kind of that smaller team sport atmosphere, more like a more like the basketball reference I made earlier. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much going on, uh, but your ultimate objective is to score the most points. Um, so you score by throwing the quad ball through the hoop. There's one of three hoops; they're different sizes. You can score through. Either the front of the hoop or the back of the hoop, all worth the same, ten points each. Um, a quad ball is a slightly deflated volleyball, um, which you can get at like any store if you want to pretend you're a star quad ball player. Um, then there are beaters trying to disrupt the game using dodge balls. Those used to be called bludgers, and I say the quad ball used to be called a quaffle. Um, and when you get hit with a bludger, you have to you lose possession of the ball that you have. Um, and depending on where you are in the act of shooting it could also negate your goal um, and when you're knocked out as we say uh, you pull your broom out from underneath your legs, drop the ball you're holding and then go tag in at your team too um, and they just keep scoring until about, or times you just score depending on the game, until <laughs> 20 minutes in where there's an intermission and we enter uh, what we used to call snitch on pitch, now we call flag on pitch and that's Another extremely distinctive element of the game that I, I I think is is really creative and really fun to see in person. It's like it's like a mix of of tag and wrestling. Um, you're probably going to see more wrestling this weekend. T- typically in quadball, the more elite flag runners um, are uh, more physical and they tend to stay in one spot. Um, but your goal is to pull the tail that's on the back of the shorts that this person is wearing it's a yellow pair of shorts with a yellow tail and when you pull the tail or catch the flag it's worth 30 points and if the team that's up in points catches that then the game's over however um if excuse me if that gets to the team enough points so that uh Sorry, we have the one distinctive feature about quadball is that we're incredibly innovative with the rules, and that's true <laughs> for every single country and our international federation. So I have at least four different versions of the rule books floating around in my wow. head right now. <laughs> um, there's there's Major League Quadball, which is a separate league from mine. Mine has different rules, and I, um, I'm based in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm out here in Richmond for the tournament. In the Pacific Northwest, we play a lot with Canada. They also have their own different rules, um, so forgive me while no. i find precisely how you end the game but as you can tell like there is so much that goes into this game and it's so it's so freaking exciting like there's <laughs> there's nothing like watching in person watching a live stream is ga- great but like with a lot of um these really fast paced team sports um especially ones that aren't as like made for tv as like something like american football mm-hmm. um Really being in person is where it's at, and the atmosphere this weekend is going to be, like, it's going to be such an incredible experience for all of these athletes.
2: Okay, oh, Mary, he, Mary, Mary, Mary. So listen, it. listen, this is great. This is absolutely <laughs> great. Uh, and my producer, AJ, I think he just captured that one phrase. It's so frickin' exciting. That's all you need. There's your marketing phrase, your catchphrase right there. That was absolutely beautiful. And I think you've incorporated just about every sport that, that we as Americans play into Quad Ball, which I think is really cool. And I'm guessing my audience is thinking the same thing I am, Mary. This just sounds, with all the properties that you just talked about, it sounds so much like, you know, a derivation of Quidditch, and it certainly brings up memories of Harry Potter. You know, when you hear that, and I'm sure you've heard it before, is that a good thing or a bad thing when you kind of hear that Harry Potter Quidditch reference? You know,
5: I I think it's a good thing. Um, I think there are many reasons why people want to play quadball and why people start playing Quidditch and even why they started forming Quidditch back in the day. And there's no denying the Harry Potter connection is really important to that. One of the cool things about quad ball, and I think you're seeing this in a lot of non-traditional sports or, or sports that kind of aren't part of, like, the Big Four or Big Five in the States, is, is they're welcoming a sport it's just more accessible from people from a wide variety of backgrounds. So whether that's, you know, um, uh, your gay kickball or, or um, women's roller derby or all of these or spikeball or ultimate or like any of these sports that you can do that aren't like basketball, hockey, baseball, which are soccer, which are incredible and so fun to watch. There's just something about the, 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 the freshness and the flexibility of, of sport like quad ball and all these others. I mentioned that, there are some people that come to it because of the Harry Potter connection. And certainly, honestly, that was a draw for me. I used to love the sport. I dragged my family to the first ever Harry Potter fan convention when I was in high school, masquerading it as a family trip just so I could like be a part of this community. But there's also people who um, just want to have a sport to play in college, or maybe they didn't make the D1 track or soccer team or basketball team, or maybe they did make the D1 basketball team, but they also want another sport to play in their downtime or they were just wanting to make friends. They saw it at the fall fair and thought it was really cool. Um, so I, I think it's really wonderful. And, and honestly, as a, as a Harry Potter fan, it's so cool to see this game played in real life. And then you realize how far people have taken it. And then you, it gets you into sports. Like I'm a, I'm like I'm like a comic con type nerd who's now a sports nerd. And I wouldn't have become. So excited about like the women's soccer World Cup that's coming up soon, and loving everyone on on the U.S. women's national team. If it weren't for getting into quad ball. so it, it honestly kind of works both ways. Like mm-hmm. we're we're taking people who come from you know one side of pulp culture and another, and smashing them together, and you just get a really thrilling experience for everyone.
2: Well, I don't know about nerd, but Mary Kimball, executive director of US Quadball, is our expert on Quadball. I can tell you that, and I'm sure you can tell by listening as well. A couple more, uh, for you, Mary. Um this is the first time the US has hosted this World Cup championship and it's coming to richmond virginia to do it so again kudos to richmond region tourism for making that happen what's the impact of that i had rattled off not only the countries that are participating but even perhaps more importantly and impressively the cities and countries that had previously hosted this event it's a pretty big deal to bring it to richmond virginia isn't it oh yes
5: oh yes like looking at where the last world cup was no shade to cities in the u.s but like florence is such in my mind even though it's not like as popular as rome or venice it just stands as this like titan of like excitement and interesting like intrigue european destinations all of this thing for like frankfurt um or even the first one in oxford happened alongside the olympics like these these cities have so much legacy to them and to be able to bring them to a place like Richmond, um, and especially when it has so much history with the sport and the different connections that the college programs in the state of Virginia have had, um, it's, it's a really big deal. Um, and there are other cities that we're interested in that we competed against that, that might on paper have been, have had different qualities, but there was, you know, we, we really, we pushed for Richmond. Obviously we were incredibly supportive of the bid and have been, working alongside the staff at Richmond Region Tourism for literally half a decade to, wow. to make this event happen. Uh, it's, it's huge for us. We're, this, is, this is honestly one of the most important projects I've done, and I've been in this sport for eight years. So it, it's, it's a big freaking deal for us.
2: And it is for the U.S. team because we know how good the U.S. team is defending World Cup champs. In fact, they have won it three times previously, only losing once in 2016 to Australia. So, Mary, does that mean we're looking forward to a U.S.-Australia match in this thing as a little bit of revenge quad ball here?
5: Well, kind of, yes. The funny thing about that is in 2018, they uh, we ended up playing them in both rounds of the tournament. We played them first in pool play and then in bracket play, and we beat them twice. However, I know that the uh, one of the assistant coaches, Jackson Johnson, is hoping, or what he's hoping, he has excitement about many scenarios, but one of them he mentioned recently in an interview was being able to face off against Australia and try to beat them in a finals context. Um, I know Australia is really hungry for that. They have such an incredible national team program, and they're an incredible, um, just an incredibly dedicated program in general. Like they, they went to European games last summer in Ireland. They traveled from Australia to Ireland so they could get extra competition. Um, and they didn't quite come out on top, but they came pretty close. And um, they're they're definitely one of the favorites to win. I think that would be really spicy. I think US Belgium could be fine because it's a rematch. Um, England won European games last year. There's good things about their program. Germany's been trying to slowly climbing to the top and have really transformed their program over the years. But also there's newcomers like there's an African nations team the first time the continent has been represented at the sport of a global level like this and they've never competed together before and their roster is it's coached by a former U.S. national team player and also former head coach James Hicks and the roster is just full of players that have been at the top of their game both recently and like the last five to eight years. So there's you know, I'm hoping that the U.S. does very well, and I, I think they have a really great shot at defending their title and staying golden, as they like to say. Um, but I think there's also going to be some great games this weekend, and I know my team is is hungry to prove that they can continue to defend that title and, and show why they're the best. Because they're I mean, the U.S. the depth of talent in, in the United States for this sport is is, in my opinion unmatched if I can brag about my country a little bit like absolutely we just had our national championship a few months ago and the the level of play at both the adult club and the college division it's just gotten so much higher um and people are trying new strategies and new approaches to the game while also picking up things that maybe people did you know eight to twelve years ago or whatever um and there's just a fresh energy to everything um, so I think I think there's going to be a lot of really exciting games. I mean, there's just, like, there's just an interesting story about every team, right? Like, there's Japan playing in their first World Cup, and um, the head of that team, Kohei, um, used, uh, studied abroad at Rutgers University. And Rutgers University, amazingly, had four alumni represented at World Cup on uh, Japan, India, Brazil, and the United States. Mm-hmm. Um and you could just go on and on. Like, Brazil won the Pan American Game Championship last year. France has been a storied program for years. Canada has been a sleeper threat. Mexico won third in Pan American Games four years ago. Um, Norway Norway is making waves. Um, Austria, we're so glad they're that they're here. Like, there's just all these teams that are putting in so much time and effort, and they're at the top of their game. And I just can't wait to see all of the action happen on the pitch because they're just going to all leave it here. Like, like yeah. this is the ultimate. It it doesn't get a bigger deal than this right now because we're we're not in the Olympics. Um, maybe someday, but not right now. You know we're not we're not going to be in LA 2028 20, or whatever. But this is this is the ultimate competition. There's nothing. There's there's no bigger deal than than winning World Cup.
2: And we love that it's right here in Richmond. Again, kudos to Richmond Region Tourism, to you, to your staff, to your athletes, for bringing it here to Richmond and bringing it to the United States. And I'm sure your passion is translating over to our audience and our listeners, and we'll be telling them how to get out to Glover Park to watch and follow it online and and all of that. Mary, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. We are We are going to be as excited as you are about the competition, and we'll be trying to root that U.S. team on, all right? Sounds All great. Right, Let's Mary, go for gold. There you go. Thank you, Mary. Mary Kimball, executive director, U.S. Quadball. Uh, quite the spokesperson for the sport. Pretty exciting, actually. So the teams will will face off in pool play uh, tomorrow on Saturday, and then there'll be single elimination on sunday and eventually reaching the gold medal as mary said there's there's no olympic uh competition so this is it this is their olympics uh coming to glover park on uh, saturday and sunday again thanks to mary for spending the time with us and richmond region tourism for setting it up as well if you'd like some more information the website is iqa world cup dot org iqa world cup Dot org. You can get out there um, and purchase tickets to go see the event at Glover Park, or you can watch online. It'll be up on YouTube as well, at YouTube.com. So uh, we'll remind you of that before we leave a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, break time right now, coming up on 10 Minutes to 5, uh, first hour getting towards the 5 o'clock hour. We'll finish it up after the break, one oh six one ESPN.
0: That need answers. Is there a team that can stop Kansas City from making the Super Bowl? Will new ownership change the commanders? The answers begin in training camp and we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 1061-ESPN Richmond.
2: All right, once again, thanks to Richmond Region Tourism, uh, Danny Boniface today. Uh, Gerald was out there with us on Wednesday when we were out at uh, at the Greater Richmond Convention Center for the karate championships that uh, started, I guess, yesterday and continued through Sunday. we got a lot going on. And now Richmond Region Tourism bringing the uh, Quad Ball World Cup uh, to us this weekend. So great job, again, by our folks at Richmond Region Tourism. That means not only the event, And being at the facility and all of that, but the hotel rooms, the restaurants, um, you know, as Mary mentioned, the national recognition that that comes with this, uh, all of that. Great to have the partnership that we have with Richmond Region Tourism. Visit RichmondVA.com if you'd like to learn more and see a list of all the events that they've got coming throughout the summer and on into the fall, obviously. Visit RichmondVA.com. Dot com and we will have another um, conversation about that at 5:30. If you remain as intrigued as, as I do, and as AJ does, I know that for sure. Uh, we will be talking with with one of the um, with one of the athletes out there, Julia Bear. Uh, on the U.S. national team, and she's going to join us at 5.30, and she has a local connection to one of our fine universities here in the capital city, so I'll uh, be listening for that as well when she joins us at 5.30 this afternoon. I uh, also have a guest right off the top at the 5 o'clock hour, Delani Hunt, uh, Richmond Spider Transfer from Wagner. Uh, we're trying to introduce you to some of the new guys, and it's going to take a lot of time, not only at Richmond, but a lot of the other schools as well. So last week from the Spiders, we had joined Jordan King, uh, the guard who comes in from East Tennessee State, and coming up here in about ten minutes or so, uh, Delani Hunt, also a guard who will join the spiders from Wagner uh Blake Francis was a terrific guard scoring guard for the Spiders who came by way of Wagner so the Spiders are hoping for more of the same from Delani, and there's there's a lot of uh, similarities there they're both from Wagner they're both scoring guards they're both left-handed uh so we'll talk with Delani coming up here like I said in about 10 minutes just past the ESPN Sports Center update at the top of the hour Whew. we got all that uh still want to get into a couple of the topics that uh Matt Joseph's talked about today not only on border to border but for about the 10 minutes that filled in for me um while I was getting in position to do the show this afternoon after running a little bit late. Uh, baseball, certainly gonna get into that. So excited the baseball is back. And my Phillies actually play the first game coming back because they're playing at 6.05 tonight against Juan Soto and the Padres. Braves play later tonight against the White Sox, which we'll have here on 106.1 ESPN. But I'm really happy the All-Star break is over and baseball regular season is back. And I do want to touch on that Tennessee story and the penalties that were handed down to them. Today by the NCA. I know Matt had talked about that in the four in the three o'clock hour on Border to Border, and a little bit when you pinch it there at the top of the four o'clock hour as well. So those two stories we want to get to as well. In addition to more conversation about quad ball, I think we're going to make AJ a quad ball player before this thing is all said and done. All right, we're said and done for the first hour for the four o'clock hour of the sports huddle, uh, ESPN Sports Center update, and then Delani Hunt, Richmond Spider to start the five o'clock hour on 1061 ESPN. Pearson Moss at 9520 West Broad Street.